Welcome to another episode of Chan with the Plan the Podcast, a podcast providing career advice in easy actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. If you are a professional that's looking to land your next job opportunity or looking for some guidance to take your career to the next level, then come join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan. In that Facebook group, I provide daily content on two key topics, the job search and career advice to help you achieve your career goals. I will leave a link in the show notes for you to join, or you can go on Facebook and type in Career Advice with Chan with a Plan and find my Facebook group and join that way. Data science is one of the hottest fields right now. And a lot of professionals that are looking to make a career change are trying to pivot into data science. Not only does data science offer lucrative entry-level compensation packages, it's such a hot market right now that there's more demand for data scientists than there are supply. That's why there are a lot of boot camps right now focusing on the data science field to train aspiring data scientists to land jobs in that field. To dive deeper into this topic of pivoting into data science, I was fortunate enough to meet and interview a professional that had an amazing journey to get to her position as a data scientist today. Her name is Alyssa Fedgo, and her career has evolved from being an office manager, moving to a data analyst at a healthcare startup, to a biometrics programmer at a pharmaceutical company, to a senior data analyst in a small consulting firm, and finally landing an opportunity to start her career as a data scientist at a top 500 fortune consulting firm. When Alyssa is not reading or concentrating or improving on her data science skills, she is networking on LinkedIn to learn from other data scientists and influencers, but also wants to network with aspiring data scientists to give them guidance and career direction to achieve their career goals and land an opportunity in data science. Now let's get into my discussion with Alyssa on how to get into data science without any prior data science experience. Hi Alyssa, welcome to the show. Hey Max, thanks for having me on here. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a few months since we last talked. Yeah, I think since the summer before I got the job at a Fortune 500 company. Yeah, and it's great to, like, I always like working with clients that want to pivot and transition to another type of role, not go in the same field. So I was very happy that I was able to get you to that step. And I do want to go in detail in terms of how you were able to pivot successfully from a data analyst to a data scientist, mm-hmm. because some people think it's similar because it's data, but it is a lot different from what you said before so we can get mm-hmm. we can dive deeper into that but for now let's start from the beginning uh you didn't have any technical experience before you were a data analyst correct correct um i my background was in more biomedical sciences so more in like biology organic chemistry things like that okay so why don't you walk us through how you started your career after you graduated yeah of course i graduated with my bachelor's of science degree in biomedical science and with the goal to eventually be a doctor. But during my last semester, I realized that's not what I wanted to do. And I had a pre-med degree, which it's kind of hard to have 
um, a more advanced career after a pre-med degree unless you go into you know medicine or physical therapy. So I ended up getting my master's of public health just to be able to start off you know my career right. And that is when I really started to get interested in programming and analysis. And after I graduated uh, with my master's, that's when I went into a pharmaceutical company as a biometrics programmer, which is you know very similar to data analyst. All right. So tell us how you were able to transition into a data analyst role during your time uh, at that company. Yeah. So the, the company really stressed uh, SAS programming and data standards, which is exactly what you need as a, as a data analyst. Um, you need to be able to clean data, understand what trends you can get out of it, what type of analysis would be good to kind of explore that data. So I was just really focused on my programming skills. And with that, I was able to transition into a data analyst. And for someone who wants to get into more of a technical field, like a data analyst, with no technical experience, how hard was the learning curve for you to go from non-technical to uh, technical? It does take some time, <laughs> some time and resources. Uh, you do took several months to get familiar with programming languages. Um, on top of that, you need to understand how to clean data, what weaknesses are in data, um, how to work with it. So I do say it takes you know six months to a year just of constant uh, work with data analysis to be confident with your skill set. Were you self-taught or did you take uh, like a certification course? Well, my master's degree taught me SAS programming and analysis. Uh, so it, the, and the master's program took three years. So during that time, I was able to develop the skills that I need. And then beyond that, um, I did take like SAS certification exams to get more advanced in comparison to like the basics. Um, so I did do, you know, time on my, by myself where I was programming and studying. So with that being said, you're saying that you, you were able to build up your skills during school. So then when you graduated, you were able to like pivot to a data analyst role. Yes. And I did further, you know, studying out of school too. After I graduated, that's when I took the SAS certification exams. Um, so that took a couple of months to read the book and practice uh, the programming for those exams. So I did, you know, yes, the master's degree was enough, but I took it on you know, upon myself to do other studying after the master's degree. Tell us about your first job. You were an office manager first, right? And then how were you able to persuade them to give you a data analyst role? So when I was an office manager, um, when I was interviewing, uh, the person who interviewed me was like an executive position. And she was doing all of their clinical outcome analysis by herself. She knew she needed help eventually. So during the interview for the office manager position, she saw that I was getting my master's in public health. So we started talking about like how I would analyze the data and she was really interested in our conversation. It flowed very smoothly. So by the end of it, I had the sense that yes, even though this was like an office manager interview, that there was like an ability to also get my hands on clinical outcomes. And that's what happened. I got the job and after three months, um, she made it a dual uh, role where I was office manager and data analyst. So I was on top of my office manager responsibilities. I was able to analyze our clinical outcomes as well. And how was your experience in your first data analytical role? It was awesome because it was a startup company for healthcare. 
And so I was just learning a lot because with startup, you don't have a very small role. You, you kind of have to bounce around to different departments and just learn a lot. So on top of um, having full responsibility of basically of the clinical outcomes, like that was my, my baby, my project. But on top of that, I was learning about, you know, marketing and sales and how you do, how you look at, you know, sale conversions and what does that mean for your business? Um, on top of that, like I was working with our marketing, so I had to learn about SEO and things like that. So I really enjoyed it starting with a startup because you got your hands dirty and you had more responsibility and you learned a lot more. What were some of the difficulties in your first uh, data analyst role that you could provide like guidance to someone that is trying to get into data uh, analysis? I think communication is key because it was a small department and we all had our own unique skill sets, our own strengths. And by boss was not in the health side. He really didn't know clinical outcomes. He was straight, you know, um, business intelligence metrics. So I really had to communicate to him, like what the analysis meant, uh, what the effect was, what tools and analysis I had to do, just because he wasn't familiar with it. So it's really just being able to understand what you're doing and communicate to somebody who is, maybe that's not their strength or key set. That's actually a good point that you brought up because you are technical, right? And a good amount of people on, especially at bigger companies, they are tend to be non-technical, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you communicate the data and insights that you're sharing to a non-technical audience so they get the picture and get what you're trying to convey with the data that you're sharing? Yeah, I always first start off saying, okay, what's the point of that I want to get across? Like, what do I want them to understand? So then I, I start with that. And then I look at them. I'm like, okay, what is their strengths? What, like, what do they know? And I try and relate it to what they know. So then that way they are able to understand what I'm trying to come across. All right. And you said as a data analyst, you started to understand SAS. What other type of languages or skill sets would someone need to be a good data analyst? SQL. That is major. And I did learn that with my first job as the office manager data analyst. Um, but SQL is major. If you have all your data in a relational database, you need to be able to query it. You need to be able to clean it. So SQL is a must. Did you learn that in school as well or on the job? So SAS has a feature where you can use SQL in SAS. Um, so when I was taking the advanced SAS certification, you had to learn SQL for that SAS certification. So I was able to learn it on my own. However, there was somebody at the job who was handling all of the SQL and database management. And I went to him, I'm like, look, like, I'm not an expert in SQL. This is something that I want to do and learn. And he trusted me enough, was like, look, I'll give you basic SQL queries and projects, and then I'll help you out if you have any questions. So he kind of, even though it was not my department, nothing to do with my role, he gave me the chance to kind of practice my SQL querying on the job. And how long did it take you to start ramping up your skills that you felt comfortable? Probably, I would say, four or six months of programming um, with SQL. That's when I was able to kind of get more comfortable with it. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning the more advanced features of SQL to this day. And that was, what, three or four years ago? So it's still, it's always constant learning. It's not like you're an expert after six months and you're done. You don't have to learn anymore. With programming and data analysts and data science, you always have to kind of like relearn and upskill. Yeah, I think the big misconception with people trying to get into like a data-oriented role is that 
if they finish a certification or they finish a boot camp, they have all the fundamental skills and then they're ready to go. But as you said, it's an ever evolving talent. So you constantly have to learn new things, right? Yes. I mean, if you stop learning, you are going to be kind of stunted in your career growth, especially with data science data analysts. So what do you recommend for someone, let's say someone finished the bootcamp or finished a certification in data analysis or science and they have like SQL or Python. What do you recommend in terms of building up their skill set continuously so their skills are still relevant for years to come? You need to build a portfolio and that's, that's a must. And everyone's doing it now. So if you don't have a portfolio, it actually kind of looks bad on you. So you need to figure out like what side projects are you interested in? What do you want to work on? And kind of keep building up those projects and put it on a portfolio so that others can see. And honestly, I feel like you learn more with projects versus, you know, taking a class or listening to a boot camp or things like that. Because all of that stuff, like especially with Kaggle, all the data is clean for you. It's pretty much laid out for you. But if you have your own side project where you have to hunt down data, it's not clean for you. You have to figure out how to clean it, how to handle it, what analysis. That's when you really learn data science and data analyst skills. So a portfolio would be like, I think it's called GitHub. It's GitHub, right? Yes. Is it GitHub? That's where my portfolio is. But I've seen other options too. Like you can create your own website where you can have your, your projects on there as well. Okay. And what are some resources that you could share in regards to like a self-learning SQL or SAS? For SQL, I have been going on LeetCode lately because they have problems for you to solve. So that's a great resource. For SAS, I do know they have like a, a free cloud version because SAS is paid and SAS is expensive, but they do have like a free cloud version for students so that you're able to um, learn as well on your own. All right. So now let's move on to the main topic of our discussion from data analysts to data scientists. So what made you decide to think about making that move? And what research did you do to realize that, okay, this is my next step? Yeah, of course. So with my data analyst experience, I loved it. I was programming every day. I was exploring data. But the one thing I was missing was most of it, my analysis was like descriptive analytics or um, like regression modeling to kind of assess the relationship between variables, between items. But it's like, what what's next? What's after that? Like, can I predict something? Can I put a model into production? Can I see the impact that my analysis is having? Because what I was doing is I, you know, made a report of the analysis and handed it to leadership and they decided what that meant and what to do next. But I wanted to be part of that process of what does this mean? What should we do next? Can we put a tool in production that will help our company grow? Um, and that's where I was like, you know, I, I think data science is more related to that, where it's more of, okay, yes, this is what the data means, but now what? What do we do next? Data science is that more end stage. And that's kind of where I switched. In order to get my research, it was I used LinkedIn mostly, honestly. I would follow data scientists that I admired, who was active on LinkedIn, who explained, you know, what they're doing for their job. And I would even reach out to some people. I'd be like, look, like, you know, I'm interested in what you do, what you've been posting about. Can you tell me more about your job and kind of learn from there? What are some popular data science LinkedIn content creators you could recommend for someone looking to learn more about the field and if they're interested in pursuing it? Yeah, there's Mark Freeman comes to mind. He is also in the public health side of things. Uh, also, Eric Sims, there is Ken G, Harpreet Sahoda. Those are the main ones that I am I have following right now. 
And just to go back to one of your points before, so data analyst is more about analyzing data that's already inputted. So like, this is what happened. While data science is more about how to use data for prediction and future outcomes. Yeah, and there's more to it to that too. Like data science, you kind of have to be an expert in all aspects of the project. You have to understand how the data is stored, a more efficient way to query on top of more advanced analytics. You also have to have a really good understanding of, you know, business domain. And I can't, I'm not saying that data analysts shouldn't also have these knowledge, but I feel like data scientists are looked to be more of the expert in those areas where they need to have more skill sets and like machine learning, engineering, Python programming, Java programming, things like that. And what did you do to build up your skill set before you decided to start applying for data scientist jobs? First thing I did was get um, a degree in computer science because when I was looking at job postings for data science, I always saw, you know, computer science degrees as one of the keywords on there. So I thought that that would help my resume if I had that also on, on my resume. So that took me about a year and a half. After that, I was doing Kaggle competitions, building up my portfolio, making sure that I'm learning Python because Python or R is key in data science just putting up those key sets that I knew when I was looking at job applications, those were on there. So there's obviously uh, many different languages, as you said, R or Python. What would you recommend someone start off with to build up their skill set first? It kind of honestly depends on what sector you're in. R, I feel like, is mostly used for academics. Now, I do know a lot of people who you know work at the company I work for and they're using R. But I feel like R is mostly for academics and Python is more widely used just across the board. When I look at job ads for data scientist roles, it seems to be more geared towards more focused on Python more so than R. Because as you said before, R is more academic. It's not like you're not going to see any jobs, uh, corporate jobs that don't require R. But Python seems to be more of the popular language. Yeah, I agree. I would say maybe like 60 to 80% of jobs have Python over R. How about SQL? I know like some data scientists, there's still SQL there, but from what you say, it still seems to be Python's the, the main one. I still don't think we should estimate SQL because if you're working with a database and your data is in a database, you have to work with SQL. So honestly, I feel like in order to be a strong data scientist, you, you do need both. Now, when it comes to like the machine learning and uh, analytics, that's when you'll be using the Python. All right. And... Go through your experience on how you learned Python uh, to get you ready for a data scientist role. Like, how long did it take you? What were some of the challenges? And how long it took you to get comfortable with using Python as a language? Yeah, so I first started, I think I used Coursera or Udemy for like a basic intro to Python, and that helped. And Python is very much different than SAS because Python is more object-oriented. So it was just a new way of programming for me. So it did take me a while to get used to it. I did also have you know, one class for the computer science degree that used Python, so that helped as well. But really, I learned most of it just through projects and building my portfolio, understanding like, okay, if I want to do this, let me look up how I would do that in Python. And over time, you just get used to Python. And I still, I'm still learning a lot. I mean, I still am way more comfortable in SAS or SQL over Python. It's definitely, you know, something that you have to do over long periods of time to get really an expert in it. You're talking about Coursera, right? You also said Udemy, right? Yes. Okay. What made you decide to take those options compared to a bootcamp? Because people seem to default to these coding bootcamps to 
accelerate their skills. What made you decide to take the option that you did? Well, when the money boot camps can be a little expensive. Coursera and Udemy are usually free, and if not, if you want to get the certification, it's like thirty or forty bucks. But on top of that, I'm pretty independent when it comes to learning. I don't need an instructor there to help me sit down and focus and learn and teach me those things. I am pretty fairly self efficient and can learn online. So that's kind of why I chose that versus boot camp. And I think it really just depends on your learning style. Are you the type who Need someone to help guide you and teach you those concepts, or can you do it on your own? And what's what's your opinion on that? What I mean by that is, some people need that like handholding, that walkthrough.、Mm-hmm. Other people can be self-taught and do it effectively. Do you think someone that can be self-taught would be a better fit in data science, or do you think it doesn't really matter as long as they are able to grasp the concepts? I do think if you're more self-efficient, you would become a better data scientist because. Like I've said before, data science is an ever-changing field. You always have to learn, and you can't really have somebody holding your hand throughout the, your entire career. You kind of have to take that on your own, always growing, always upskilling. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be a data scientist. That just means that you might have to take classes throughout the rest of your career if you need that to help you learn. But I, I do think it gives you an edge if you're more self-efficient. Tell us how you're able to like pivot from your. Previous company to company you're at now, from a data analyst to a data scientist. Yeah, it was mostly just Kaggle competitions, getting myself familiar with you know time series, learning more about neural networks, things like that. Just kind of getting my feet wet. Like I'm not an expert in any of it, but I can, you know, in an interview I can tell them, you know, I've done this and this and this. If you know this job requires it, then I will take the time to become an expert in those analysis that the job would require. How did the interview process happen? In regards to, did they feel that you didn't have enough data science experience from a programming language perspective? Because they they knew you were a data analyst before. You were never a data scientist. So, what were you able to do to make them confident in your abilities that you are able to pivot successfully from a data analyst to a data scientist? What I think was key for me was expressing the fact that I love to learn. That I will always be the type of person to keep growing my skills, and you know I don't need to be told you know what I need to learn, what I need to do. I'm fairly self-efficient, but I think just my drive and my ability to like love learning and reading showcase that yes, even though maybe I don't have a data science position skill set yet, like I I don't have experience yet in that field. But the fact that I am a learner and I love to grow, that doesn't mean I won't in the future. So I I think I just phrase it that way: is that yes, maybe am I not the most experienced person, but I will be. On top of that, I try to talk about skills that are transferable. So instead of just focusing on like programming analytics, they did ask questions about like how would I approach projects. So things like that, I knew how to do that as a data analyst. You know, I would be able to tell them, you know, this is how I would approach a project. This is, you know, the methods I would take, so they could see that yes, even though maybe I'm not super strong in Python, that I would be able to be self-efficient as a data scientist. Did you also have to do an assignment? I know some、uh, data roles they want you to do assignment to make sure that you understand the basics. Did you have that in your role or no? No, I didn't actually. They didn't really ask me any programming specific questions. They really wanted to know me, and I think their point of view was that they can take anyone who is willing to learn, who is willing to grow, to become the data scientist they need. They so they were just mostly looking for personality and growth mindset versus how technical you were now. 
Oh, that's good. So they're willing to like take you on. They just want to make sure you have the soft skills, but they can train you for the technical later on. Yes. And I feel like that's how jobs should be. I feel like they should focus a lot more on soft skills versus technical because you can learn how to program in Python. Yes, it does take time, but it's a lot harder to learn how to communicate. It's a lot harder to learn how to love to learn. It's a lot harder to learn how to be independent. Those things, it's harder to teach versus programming and analytics. So you've been in your current role for a few months now. What is the major difference between a data analyst and a data scientist uh, from your experience so far? Yeah, so from my experience um, as a data analyst, you will be programming a lot more every day. You'll be programming in Python. You'll be programming in SAS, SQL. You'll have to understand the data, maybe do some data cleaning. You will have to be exploring trends in the data to help answer those business questions that leadership will have. As a data scientist, from my experience, you also need to have more skills in the planning of the entire system. So you need to understand how the data is structured and stored. Is there a better way for it to be stored? Is there a better way for it to be queried? What heavy machine learning algorithms or more advanced analytics would be good for that data? On top of communicating, like you really need to learn how to communicate what you're planning what the results of the analysis are to leadership. Because I think it's more on the data scientist to be able to communicate to leadership what everything means to them. We talked offline that it was not what you were expecting. So what were you expecting and what was the reality of it? So whenever you think of data science, you think of those heavy machine learning algorithms. You think of the neural networks, think of the you know recommendation systems. And you think that's what you'll be doing every single day. But that's actually a really, really small part of what you're doing. And as a data analyst, I was programming every single day. That's not the case as a data scientist. I'm doing a lot of research. I'm understanding, looking at the data and how it will be stored, communicating a lot to the stakeholders. So I just wasn't expecting that. I was expecting to be analyzing every day, programming every day, not you know communicating to stakeholders every day and doing research of like what this project should look like. How you were able to adapt that mindset? You thought initially as a data scientist, you'll do a lot of technical, but it seems to be more on the soft skill component, working with stakeholders and other various team members. So how were you able to like pivot that mindset, be continually be successful in your new role? How I put it was that, you know, I'm not if I want to grow in my career, if I want to get promoted, I'm not going to be doing technical work every single day. You know, that is somebody who's in the company for, you know, or in the field for, you know, two to four years. They're doing all the technical work. But if I want to grow, if I want to become a leader, I have to work on those soft skills because I'm not going to be doing technical work. Yes, do I need knowledge of the field? Yes, do I need knowledge of the analytics, all the machine learning, what's going on, what changes have been happening? Yes, but like I need those, those soft skills in order to grow in my field. And also outside of your work, you can do those technical projects if you still want that work in analytics. You can have your side projects. So in that way, you get time to do technical work that you enjoy. But also, like, you have to realize if you want to grow in the field, that's not what you can only be good at. Yeah, I think it's a common thing where you start off in an entry-level position and you do a lot of the technical application. Mm -hmm. But then as you get older or you move up in the ranks... Mm -hmm you're actually overseeing a team. You'll check stuff to make sure it's proper yeah. based on your knowledge, but you don't actually do the technical as much as you used to. Yes. So that's kind of what I had to grab my mind about. Did you feel intimidated when you first start off from pivoting from a data analyst to a data scientist? What I'm trying to say is like more of the imposter syndrome. as like, oh, I, I got hired as a data scientist, but I've never been a data scientist before. Like, did you have those type of emotions? Or if you didn't, how were you able to like be confident in yourself to uh, build up the skill set and say to yourself that you can't do this job? 
Yes, so I've never experienced imposter syndrome until I became a data scientist. (laughs) I've been dealing with imposter syndrome for the past, you know, four months. And I I have been like reaching out to people in the field to kind of see if this is normal, to see if they're experiencing it. And from what I'm gathering, it's very normal. And it's actually one person, I love their perspective. They said it's actually a good thing that you only deal with imposter syndrome when you're pushing yourself, when you're challenging yourself. If you're not having it, that means you're you're not challenging yourself enough. And that all, you know, the more advanced individuals, CEOs, executives, they deal with imposter syndrome too. But you just have to take it as a good thing. That means that you're pushing yourself and that you're growing. And you have to realize that like you got here for a reason. Like you need to believe in yourself. So yes, even though you may feel uncertain and imposter, but you got there for a reason and you have to believe in yourself that you'll get yourself beyond that, that you're there for a reason and you'll, you'll prove it. And you, you're talking about how like, you're not doing a lot of technical right now, but you recommend to do some projects after work just to increase your knowledge and build your skill set. So what do you recommend someone who has started in a data science mm-hmm. role, but they want to continue learning, even if they don't have the opportunity to do so at work? Yeah, so what I do is, you know, before work or after work, I will use LeetCode to practice like SQL and Python programming. I also have my side projects still that I'm working on. So I do that on weekends because I'll need a little bit more time for projects. So I'll, I'll do that on the weekends. But it's just, you have to set the time. Like if you want to keep growing, if you want to keep, you know, bettering yourself, you need to make the time to sit down and practice those programming languages. You need to sit down and make time for your projects or to read, you know, what's going on in the field to figure out like what advancements are being made. Are you a part of any communities of data scientists, whether it's a Facebook group or a Slack channel? Not of data scientists, but I am part of like a LinkedIn group. It was the LinkedIn hard mode challenge alumni. So we have our own group where we kind of talk about being more active on LinkedIn and having a voice and posting more regularly. So we support each other. I would like to have a group specifically for data science just because it'd be nice to speak to more people in the field for things like that. I do know Harpreet Sahoda does have a podcast for called The Artists of Data Science, and they have like happy hours for like data scientists to meet up. And I, I am looking forward to doing that eventually once um, my schedule calms down a bit. But I do want to join a data science community. You went from office manager to data analyst to data science. Do you think that getting that role as a data analyst prepared you more effectively as a data scientist, or do you think that you could have done office manager straight to data science? No, I definitely needed the data analyst buffer because that gave me the foundation that I needed. You know, it helped me understand SAS and SQL programming. It helped me work with data, things like that. Now I have seen other people do something similar where they started with psychology and switched to data science, but I think it takes a lot longer. I feel like you need to have more time where you're learning those skills on your own beyond your nine to five, where you're doing side projects and classes. So I just think it would take longer to switch to data science straight from office manager, but I'm glad that I had that data analyst position. So you would recommend if someone's coming from a non-technical background to do a role such as data analyst and then build up the skill set and then make the jump, not go straight from non-technical all the way to data science, even if there is a boot camp that will give you the ability to do so. Yeah, I think it just makes it easier. It'll be a quicker transition, less stress for you. And I do know a lot of people who do that, who they start off as data analysts and switch to data science. It's pretty common. And it's obviously a lot easier to apply online for those jobs if you're data analyst compared to if 
for example, you're a project manager or marketing manager with no data analysis skills, right? Yeah, because they want to see that you've done projects for work where you're analyzing data and handling data. Um, they want to see that you have direct experience in that versus, you know, not having anything to do with that for your career, but doing that as a side project. And data visualization is also a big thing, right? And when it comes to utilizing the data to generate like reports or visualizations that's easy to understand for executives. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, like Tableau, right? So what is your recommendations there in terms of learning these data visualization softwares and what do you recommend to start off with? Yeah, so the two most common are um, Power BI and Tableau. I've worked with Tableau, not Power BI. And to get started, I probably would honestly read some books about it or take some classes. Um, it's fairly straightforward, like the tool itself. But what's more important is actually telling the story through graphics. You need to understand like which charts are going to be better for what type of data. Um, you have to also understand like coloring and things like that and making sure that what you want to be highlighted is highlighted and nothing else. No noise is interfering with what you're trying to say. So it's not just using the tool, but it, it's telling a story, which I feel like you'll you'll get that one through experience, but also there are quite a few books in that topic area that I think would help. And going back to what you said before about the, the imposter syndrome, right? Do you ever feel rushed that, for example, like if your boss told you to do something specific, but you're not at that level yet, do you like manage expectations? Or have you had that experience where uh, your manager asks you to do something that might be too advanced for you at the moment, you're still learning it. Has that ever come, uh, has that ever been an issue or have you been able to like manage expectations with your manager as you build your skills up? Yeah, that has happened. And I think the best way to handle that is just to be honest, tell them you haven't done this yet, but then tell them that you will take the time to learn it. That, okay, I need like a week or two, I'll do X, Y, and Z to be able to learn this and I'll come back and give you, you know, a status update. But I think you just need to be honest because if you hide it and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this. No, no problem. But then if you return a result that they're not happy with, they're like, what what happened? Like, why didn't you tell me that you're, you're not familiar with this? So I think it's just it's better to be honest, understand that you have weaknesses, but then tell them what you're going to do to learn what you need to do. Yeah, that's a good point because like when they hired that scientist, like, again, when someone's non-technical, they think you can do like anything. Mm -hmm. So you, you want to make sure that you have that clear communication that, you, you are at a certain level right now, but as you said before, that you are working on learning that in the future. Mm -hmm. Yes. What are some learning lessons throughout your experience in data that would be good for someone considering going from a non-technical background to a technical field such as data science? Yeah, one lesson I feel like is talk to others, work with others, because it the role in itself can be very independent. With my previous companies, I didn't really have to work with too many other data analysts or data scientists. Um, I was tasked to have a program and that was that. But one thing I've learned is that you need to kind of bounce ideas off of other people because they might have another way to approach the problem that you didn't even think about. Or just with programming, maybe there's more of an efficient way to do it. There's like a window function or something like that that you don't know, but you will only really know until you're introduced by it through somebody else. Communication is, is key. You shouldn't work in a silo. You should bounce ideas with people who are at the same level with you to kind of be able to grow and be the data scientist that your job needs you to be. Yeah, that's a good point. It's about like associating yourself with other data scientists to bounce off ideas, right? Because if you're the only person in your company uh, that does data, it's going to be hard for you to like bounce off ideas and get better, right? Yes, exactly. So, I mean, communication and collaboration is key. And to add to that, what are additional soft skills one should have when they 
start this path into data science? So communication is one. Business acumen is another. So you kind of need to understand what's important to the client, what metrics they care about, what they want to do in the next five years. Like, where do they want to go? Because all of that kind of information will help you, you know, build a project to what they need, to what they would be happy with and meet their expectations. So it's just kind of understanding the client, their needs, what they want to do in the next five years. And that way you can be a better data scientist for them. What are some common mistakes that you've learned as a data scientist that you want to educate people that are getting their first data scientist role so they don't make the same errors? I think it is asking questions. And that is something that I had to learn a lot about. A lot of you know data analysts or data scientists will get a project, will get a task, but they won't dive in and ask questions about, okay, what is it really that you need? What is it that you want? What is the goal of this project? push back and ask those questions because one, they might not know exactly what they're needing. You know, they, you might actually have a better idea than they do or a better approach on top of that. They might not know, you know, how long or how big of an ask they're asking. So you kind of have to dive in, ask questions, push back. Um, I feel like when somebody is a beginner, they're too scared to do that. You know, they want to their mindset, maybe questions looks is a weakness. Maybe that means, you know, I'm not experienced enough or knowledgeable enough, but that's not it. Like that's questions is a good thing because you're trying to figure out the context of the project and how you would be better for them. Yeah. So in terms of your career so far as a data science, like you already said that you're working on some side projects to build up your skill set, but what are you looking to accomplish in the next couple of years as a data science a professional? Yeah. So right now I'm trying to find my niche. Like obviously, yes, it's going to be a data science, but what domain? Do I want to be working with, you know, medical devices? Do I want to be working with biometric devices? Do I want to be, you know, doing neural network? So right now I just want to become like figure out my niche and become subject matter expert in it. So just keep um, getting projects in it, doing a lot of research in it. So then that way, um, you know, I'll have a voice on, on LinkedIn and conferences in that subject area. So are you looking to be a professional speaker in data science where they book you for speaking gigs and you can talk to like like people in the data science community? Is that one of your goals? It is actually, because I, I do love networking and I love communicating with others. So, and I love teaching. I do value teaching a lot. Like I want to be able to, you know, help others and reach out to them. So, and it's very important to me. So yes, I would love to, you know, be at conferences or teaching at a school for other people who are learning data science. Great. And in terms of your LinkedIn, so we, we touched upon this fairly lightly, but you are getting more active on LinkedIn, posting content related to data science. So what made you decide to take on that initiative to become a content creator on LinkedIn, promoting and talking about data science? Yeah, it was because I was trying to transition to data science. And at my company, we really didn't have any data scientists. Um, I didn't know anyone in the field. And I was like, okay, well, if I need if I want to become in this field, I need to network and understand what you know their day-to-day is, what the challenges are. So I was like, well, the only way I can really do that is by networking on LinkedIn. So that's when I started posting more regularly, also you know contacting others on data science. And then I was able to form like you know a few close contacts that really helped me. And then I realized like you know you actually learn a lot more by teaching somebody else, by explaining to everyone else like what you're working on. And I realized that like LinkedIn could be that platform where, you know, I can kind of communicate on what I'm doing and that way I'm learning more, but I'm also reaching out to other people and forming a network and forming a community. So that's kind of what my 
my mindset was into posting on LinkedIn. And what are some trends that you see in data science that someone should uh, watch out for, whether they are a seasoned professional in data science or they're looking to make that move? One is federated learning. I think that will be a major area that will be talked about. And it already is. I, I mean, I, there are companies like Google and Apple who've been working in that area for the last couple of years. But that's where, you know, instead of your data being stored in one database, it is remaining on the clients, clients behind the client's firewall. So that could be your phones or it could be, you know, on their computer systems, on their network. So in that way, you're accessing it indirectly and analyzing it. So it's not stored in one one database where it would have a potential privacy leakage. So I think that's be a major area. Well, those are some uh, interesting facts. Thanks for sharing that. And so I'm going to wrap this conversation up. Again, I really appreciate your time learning more about how you're able to go from an office manager with a non-technical background all the way up to data science. So what is one big career challenge that you've had in your career that you overcome to make you who you are today? So for example, if it wasn't for this roadblock that you had, you wouldn't be where you are in the current moment in your career. I can't really recall one major roadblock, but I think it's just one believing in yourself. Because again, I've been dealing with imposter syndrome. So that's just been been a huge challenge of just realizing that I, I belong where I am and I'm working to become the person that I need to be. On top of that, networking, communicating. You know, I'm a fairly introverted person, fairly shy. So just getting myself out there, getting beyond my um, comfort zones and just pushing myself to be the person that I want to be in the next five years. That's great. And do you ever get frustrated with a code a script and it's not working and you keep on trying to change things it's still not working? Uh, is, is that common in data science oh, or yes. data analysis? Oh, yes. <laughs> it, it's sometimes I just want to like throw my computer. <laughs> During those moments, it's good just to kind of step away and go for a walk. It's very common, I think, Again, like during those times, you just need a break. Also, Google is a data scientist's best friend. Everyone Googles. That does not make you, it doesn't mean that you're not a good data scientist. There's always the answer on Google if you need it. But those are the two things I do when I get fresh with code is Google and just take a break. Because once you come back, you will probably have clearer mind and be able to see what the issue is and fix it. So it's a common thing. So if someone's starting out as a data scientist and like their code's not working, they shouldn't panic. They should just take a breath and then either ask someone that's higher level or if you don't have anybody, just Google and see if there's an answer that's already done, right? Yeah, yeah. don't panic. It's completely normal. Everyone does it. Does not mean anything about your skill set. Always try and find the answer first by yourself using Google books. And if you don't get that, then yes, definitely reach out to another data scientist. I think we all are fairly collaborative. We all like helping each other out. So like, don't hesitate to reach out to somebody like, look, like, I really don't know how to do this. I've, I've done X, Y, and Z to try and figure it out. Can you please help me see the solution? Don't hesitate to do that. Great words of wisdom, Alyssa. And we briefly talked about, again, your continuous involvement in LinkedIn. So how can people find you to learn more about your career path and if they are looking for guidance in trying to enter in the data science space? Yeah, I'm pretty much only active on LinkedIn. I don't do any other social media. But if you search for my name, Alyssa Fedgo, you'll be able to see my profile. And I'm happy to have any messages. I like connecting with other people about the field. Great. Again, I really appreciate your time in terms of providing insights for someone that has just been able to successfully pivot into data science. So really appreciate the insights and learning lessons that you've shared. I wish you the best of luck in the new year and hopefully you grow into the data scientist that you want to be. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and talk to you and I hope you have a good new year. 
Thank you again to Alyssa for sharing her career journey on how she was able to go from starting her career as an office manager to getting into the field of data science. Alyssa is a great example of a professional that knew what she wanted in her career and did what it took to pivot into that field successfully. So if you want some guidance or additional advice to help you get into data science yourself, I highly encourage you to connect with her on LinkedIn and start a conversation. As always, make sure to check out ChanCap this coming Friday, where I will provide my own insights based on themes discussed in this episode. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your podcast listening platform of choice so you don't miss out. Again, this is Chan with The Plan, the podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan, and I thank you for listening.